Like I'm not going to bottle it up, but if I need an outlet, I know where to go and what to lean into. But I just allow myself to be whoever I am in that moment and, and be my most present self wherever I am. World, world, your oyster. Get ready to be inspired by the remarkable accomplishments of our next guest and my longtime friend, Deja Riley. With a life characterized by transformation and growth, Deja has left an indelible mark in various domains. As a highly acclaimed dancer, she has shared the stage with renowned musical icons such as Britney Spears, Lady Gaga, Katy Perry, J-Lo, and Beyonce, just to name a few. Raised as the daughter of legendary musical producer, Teddy Riley, Deja's talent and passion have always been destined for greatness. Today, she continues to make waves as a Lululemon global ambassador and a trainer for Lululemon Studios, bringing her expertise and dedication to the forefront. Additionally, she serves as an inclusion, diversity, equality, and action representative on Lululemon's advisory board. Beyond her achievements in the fitness world, Deja has embarked on an exciting journey as a podcast host of her new show called The Dose of Duality, utilizing her voice, experiences, and unwavering optimism to share inspiring stories and encouraging others to be a light and spread love wherever you go. Prepare to be captivated by this incredible journey. Welcome to the show, Deja Riley. Deja Riley, welcome to World Your Oyster. Uh, thank you. I feel like I have to say your whole name too. So Paula Sanders. Oh, it's just so nice to be here with you today. <laughs> Same. Deja and I have known each other since we're like 13. Yes. Maybe even younger. Which means like 20 years. Which is crazy. Which it's makes crazy. us very old. <laughs> it makes us very old. You know what? We are young at heart and that's yes, all that really are. matters. But Deja and I have been, we met each other through the dance world. We did. Da- dance Alliance. New York City Dance Alliance. York- Joe Lanteri. Joe Lanteri. The Never whole forget thing. It. And we've stayed friends throughout, honestly, yeah. consistently, which is, it, I, it makes me so proud. And I've... So loved watching you as an adult, and I'm so happy that you're here in New York, finally. I know. Although it's been, I think, two years now, right? Yeah, well, going on three. We've been here for two and a half years now. Wow. I know. And as you can see, Deja's about to be a mommy. (laughs) Or my stomach is just sticking out pretty far. (laughs) Congratulations. Thank you. I am over the moon for you. I was crying yesterday while I was watching your announcement on Instagram because I know that this was not an easy journey for you. And you have been so vulnerable and honest and open with the entire world about your your journey. So how are you feeling now that you're on the other side? Oh, I'm feeling good, Paula. Like I told you when I came in today, like I was like, I'm actually a little bit surprised because you know, you hear all the like pregnancy horror stories of like people vomiting and like just having these extreme symptoms. Mm-hmm. And I've had like none of that. I feel like well, I'm having a, a pretty glorious pregnancy. So, well, you look gorgeous. Thank you. You look gorgeous. <laughs> and I wanted to ask you, and we're going to go into your story and your journey, but since we're talking about the pregnancy, I want to ask you now that you're on the other side of things and you have shared sh- so much of your journey. How do you hope that that piece of your journey is inspiring other women that are maybe going through exactly what you were going through or are thinking about doing IVF? Because you got pregnant naturally after I all did. of this, right? I know. <laughs> it's so wild because like, you know, 
I've, I've shared that with like my close circle and anybody who like asks, like I'm, I'm happy to share that information, Mm -hmm. but I did feel a little bit of like what they call like survivor's guilt. That's like the best term that I can think of. Interesting. Like coming out of the experience that I had over these past two years and then really getting to like reap the reward and like come out on the other side. It's like bittersweet because you want to just like bask in all the joy and really just soak up this incredible experience that you're having. Mm -hmm. But you also have like the PTSD left over from your previous experiences. And so I felt like a little bit of like guilt, like, oh my goodness, like I've gone through all these different treatments, Mm -hmm. but my body, yeah, yeah. like so many things. I mean, I did IUIs, I started IVF and then took a break. I did a hysteroscopy. I had a chemical pregnancy, a miscarriage, like all of these different things happened. And it really boiled down to unexplained infertility. Mm. And so knowing that I could naturally do it, I did it naturally like once already when I had my miscarriage, but then did it naturally again. I was like, there's nothing wrong with my body. Like I don't have, you know, any sort of diagnosed condition or anything like that. But at the same time, like I still had a struggle. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I did say, like in my post, in my announcement post was like, you know, infertility doesn't discriminate. No, It doesn't choose a specific type of person. You know, it is based on so many different circumstances. But I mean, I'm happy to be where I am now. And I'm hoping that my story will be like a beacon of light and hope and really continue to inspire people Mm -hmm. and let them know that like everybody's journey is different. And hopefully they will arrive at their rainbow too, but their rainbow might look different than mine. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And how do you feel that this part of your journey has prepared you for motherhood? Oh my goodness. Or change your perception on motherhood? Truthfully, it's made me so much more grateful for every single part of it. I think that's why I'm having such a glorious pregnancy. It's not that I've had no challenges because trust me, anybody who's been pregnant has had some sort of challenges to face. But even with the challenges, I'm like, this is because I'm creating a little life. This is because I'm going to raise this beautiful young human that is intelligent, that is peaceful, that is full of joy and I've been telling my baby every day, you're going to change the world. And I, that was going to be my next question. Yeah. What are your hopes and dreams for your little Bambino <laughs> or Bambina? I mean, <laughs> well, you're right. It's Bambino. <laughs> A Bambino? Yes, it is. It is. <laughs> but um, but I, w- I would say my hopes is that he will be his own human, that he will write his own story, that I will just be here as support. Mm-hmm. and that I will hopefully, you know, lead by example in so many ways, mm-hmm. but that he will be able to go out in the world and have all the tools to create a beautiful life that he wants. Well, that is so beautiful, and he has two incredible parents, and Thank I you. cannot wait to meet him I and know. spoil him. Oh, and yes. just I mean, this baby is going to be a doll. <laughs> I really, I can't, I cannot wait. I would love to just hear a little bit about your journey and how you kind of gotten to where you are at today. 
Yeah. I mean, I feel like I can like rewind back to like our dance days. Yes. We were outstanding dancers together. Y'all. Yes, we were. Um, <laughs> but I feel never made like, that top 10 though, did we? No, I did. Once. You did? I did. No. The year that Taja won, I think Junior. Taja's her sister, by the way. Oh, yeah. Taja. <laughs> So the year that Taja won juniors, I made top 10. Oh I didn't make top five, God. but I was top 10. Girl. I know. I mean, I got that rose and I was like. I'd like to say maybe I was 11th. <laughs> <laughs> you were. You were right there with me. You were right there with I'm me. I'm dead. I'm dead. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so like started all the way back then. Competitive, and you know, dancing competitively. Yes. Just so that anyone doesn't know what we're talking oh, yeah. about. Dance competition days. If you don't know New York City Dance Alliance, you should totally look it up. Yes. It's interesting because I oftentimes think back to, you remember Joe's like prime speech right before we would like go into like our national competition where he would be talking about people opening up their gifts. Yes. And he would sometimes say it at regionals too. I remember that speech like he gave it yesterday. Can you, do you remember the highlights? So I remember him saying that everybody has a gift, right, to open, but everybody opens it at a different time. And maybe, you know, you're going to open your gift today, but like also don't judge the person that is going to open their gift in 10 years. And like, I just remember that like so vividly. I hope he still gives that speech. That is so, I don't remember. I was probably flirting with the gay boys. (laughs) And you were like, you've been deep from the jump. I was like, yeah, definitely in the back flirting with the gays. I don't remember this, but that is incredible. And I like held on to like those words. And those like words were such a driving force in my life of just like knowing that like we will all open up our gift at some point. Mm -hmm. And like that was not necessarily my time. I mean, like we talked about it, you know, it was by the little tiny hairs on my neck that I made top 10. <laughs> I was like barely in there. Um, but I will say that like, that wasn't my timing. That was not when I opened what Correct. I believe my true gift is. It wasn't until like I got out into the world and moved to LA and started dancing professionally there. And like, you know, started to build up my resume and build up a beautiful career for myself that I started to discover who I am Mm -hmm. and started to just take the ribbon off my gift. Mm -hmm. And then I really don't feel like I opened my gift until I like transitioned into the fitness industry. Right. Which is where I am today. I started out by teaching at a cardio boxing gym in Santa Monica, California. (laughs) And uh, I had no idea what I was doing. Like, had never put on boxing gloves when they had first, like, asked me to audition. And you're still dancing at this point when you start yes. at, and this was, this can you like, say it? Oh was it Rumble where you were working? No, or no, I wasn't at Rumble. Oh, okay. So, Why but did I did, but I did audition for Rumble. Okay. Like, and then ended up having to choose between them and Pop Sugar. And then I went to Pop Sugar. Uh-huh. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. But I still have quite a few friends that were, like, part of the Rumble family. And mm-hmm. I admire their business and what they've been able to do with it. But yeah, so I went into this like new career, transitioning out of dance. I remember it was right after I did the Super Bowl with Beyonce. I was just gonna say, I'm like, you just went over, you just <laughs> did, skipped over a whole <laughs> portion of your life. Like, I did, I let's did. go back into okay, there. Let's take it back. I, I love that you are basking in the glory of your fitness life and your wellness <laughs> life. But like, we need to go back because I think also, you know, you grew up in Virginia Beach. You're, you have a father that's larger than life, right? You know, you have, your father is one of the most well-known musical producers in the world. Yeah. So 
What was that like growing up with a father that is somebody that is well-known and, you know, sometimes you feel, I experience it on, on a very low level, but, yeah. you know, I do have a father that is also in his world, what he thinks he's in the king. In our world. In our world, you know, he's the king, right? Yes. And, you know, being that person's daughter yeah. was always, I always found it to be a blessing, but I also found it to be a little bit challenging because yes. it's like, how will I ever stack up to that? How will I ever be as successful professionally? How will I ever be as creative? Yeah. So... I would love to dig into that a little bit with yeah, you. Yeah, let's feel, talk about it. I feel that we can um, we can relate on some levels. Listen, my dad is not Teddy Riley, but but your dad is David Sanders. He's, he's the Teddy Riley of the dance world. He really? <laughs> no, but truthfully, like everybody knows David. Like yeah. everyone. Yeah. And your studio, like you know, collected all this notoriety because there was so much talent that came out of there. And like your it really dad, stemmed from him though. And that's yes. the interesting thing about my dad and my dad's dance studio is that. At a lot of other schools, there was stars. Yeah. At your school, there was stars. You had Danny, RIP, our bestie. Um, you had Travis. You had Jamie. You know, you had you, you had your sister Taja. It yeah. was a lot of stars. Yeah. At my school, we were all kind of at the same level. None of us had great talent, great feet. We all had to work really hard at it. But it was yeah. my dad's choreography. Oh yeah. That crispy, clean just like strong, straight out the gate. Like you knew <laughs> a what a David Sanders piece was. <laughs> yeah, you know you what did. I mean? Like there was no questioning it. No. You guys came on the stage and it was like spot on. Like Boom. you were nailing every step. Yeah. And I think like we looked at you all and like though we were like maybe killing solos and like small yep. groups and things like that, we'd look at you guys and see like your large groups and your production numbers and be like, yeah, like, how do we do that? Yeah. Well, we really nurtured, like, I mean, obviously we took our technique classes, but we really nurtured, like, the group aspect and yeah. we rehearsed all our routines a lot. Yeah. As opposed to, I think, that you all really took your time to nurture your specific abilities, private lessons, etc. Yeah. Because, you know, that's how you were able to get that talent. Yeah. But I would love to, you know, understand a little bit what it was like coming up in life, doesn't even have to be at the dance studio. Yeah. With the way that you were bought up with your father. Absolutely. I think we can relate so much on having these very like notable dads um, and dads that are very gifted and talented and having to amount to that type of success and having that kind of pressure on you at an early age, but also having to share your dad. I didn't really wow. think about that aspect until I got much older and I was actually processing it in therapy. Like, maybe like a year ago where I was like, I just started to remember not having my dad in the way that I wanted to, you know? Because he, he was with everybody else. Yeah. 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 And we were kind of last on the list a little bit. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Though they loved us yes. dearly and we knew that, it was like, oh, well, my dad doesn't do what every normal dad does, you know? Like, my dad's not sitting down. I don't know if this was true for you, but he's, like, not sitting down at a round table for dinner with us. Definitely like, not. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and dinner, so, like, what's that? Right. <laughs> like, okay, like, you know, I'm not going to get this picturesque, like, yeah. you know, life of family at a young age. I think it influences, you know, how I want to parent these days too, mm -hmm. because like, as I think about parenthood, I think about some of the things that I didn't get that I wish that I had and things that I want to at least offer to my child to see, you know, if they're receptive to it. Mm -hmm. um, what are the things that you feel that you didn't have? It's interesting because like, 
to someone else who hasn't had this experience, they may think you had the whole world. What can you say you didn't have, right? And when you think about the material things, you know, I didn't want for anything. Like my parents did provide everything I could have possibly needed in terms of, you know, food, clothes, you know, opportunities, and the list goes on and on. Mm -hmm. However, it comes at a cost. And so I didn't really get the opportunity to spend quality time with my dad growing up. And that was hard. Mm-hmm. And it was something that like I had to process way later in adulthood and I'm still, you know, working through now. I just think that there are moments that I wish that I could go back to and like cling tight to my dad and like have him near for or have him there to support or celebrate. Like there are many competitions, I'm sure. Like you probably saw my dad at like what, one competition? I don't think ever. Or maybe never. Yeah, I don't think ever. I can count on one hand how many times he's like shown up to a performance recital, competition, like Right. Anything that I did. because he was nurturing, uh, by the time you're, you know, in your formative years, he's now nurturing other artists, right? Yep. He's working mostly with, in production. Yep. Because he's, uh, Black Street is kind of <laughs> still like, going? Yeah. Or, well, no. I mean, like, sort of, kind of, <laughs> you know, they're doing reunion tours here and there. Love that. Love that, for sure. But it also has to be hard. And I remember that I struggled with this, too, like, to watch my dad nurture other dancers. Sometimes I would get a little bit jealous. Not that he ever made me feel like he thought that they were better than me or more more talented than me, but I would struggle with that sometimes. Like, why doesn't, why am I not getting that extra attention? Why am I not in that front line? Why am I, you know, it's it's really rough. Yeah. You know, it's interesting as I'm getting older, I think about my parents and how they went about doing things. And I'm like, wow. I walk through life now, I know myself and I know who I am, but I have no idea what I'm doing. And now I think about my parents and they probably were feeling the same way. Oh yeah. And they have this brood of children, right? They're divorced, there's families everywhere (laughs) and they're just navigating. But I never looked at them and thought, wow, damn, they have no idea what they're doing. But now on being on the other side of it, I'm like, respect. Mm -hmm. Respect for you just walking through those moments of your life like you had absolutely every idea of what you were doing, but you really had no idea at all. And that's like the cloak and dagger of parenting. It really is. And I don't think that either of our fathers ever meant to make us feel any type of a way. They were just doing the best that they could with all of the things that they have. And there's also so many upsides to, you know, what your father has done with his life and for you. And I'm sure that being so close to the entertainment industry as you were growing up really prepared you for those next few years of your life when you yeah. were dancing for Beyonce and J-Lo <laughs> yeah. and was it Britney Spears? I did, I mean, yeah. you, like, she's danced for pretty much everybody. So yeah, she did make that top 10 in our senior year, but then she went on to like really go and crush and dominate that part of your life. And yeah. I hope that you never fast forward the way that you did because <laughs> that is something that you should be so proud of. Because thank you, as children we worked really hard. We did. We did. We really did. To we be did. able to get where you got. I mean, we had to give up a lot. Yeah. Everything. Friends, so many sacrifices. Sacrifices. I think about, I never had a weekend no. where I wasn't at the studio. Absolutely not. So like, I didn't go to birthday parties and like hang out with my friends when they were like in our high school years and they'd be hanging out in somebody's basement and like kicking it. I'm yeah. like, I didn't get to do that. 
I did it a little bit because I bucked back on my parents and mm. like there was this interesting time in my life where I was like, I just want to be regular, like to my dad. And my dad yeah. was like, no, you ain't going to be regular because you special, you my daughter. Yeah. And like, you're going to get your ass in the dance studio and you are not going to go out with your friends on the yeah. weekends. And I was like, but I want to. And my mom was like, <laughs> David, just let her be, you know, like just. Yeah. So I did get to have a little bit of that experience, but there was still so much sacrifice because then I did get friends and I did get a little bit popular. And, you know, I was there maybe... For every five basement hangs, I was there yeah. for one. Yeah. And but those four that I missed out on when you're in high school, you really feel I mean, now I'm like, please just invite me, but I'm not coming. Yeah. Um, you know, you really feel like you're missing out on these like whatever it is. Yeah. So I, I feel like that that's something that I am looking back on as an adult now. And I'm just wondering, like, was that a great benefit to me or was did I lose out on something? Because there's so many I have so many weird things mentally about friendship. Yeah. I just, oh my God, like, I do too. We could talk about this for hours, okay? I have, yeah, I have like a lot of interesting feelings about friendship and I yeah. think that it's just because I didn't nurture friendships as I was growing up. I was, as much as I wanted to be regular, I was also laser focused on what my goals were and I wanted to be the best dancer. I did. I yeah. did not want to disappoint my father. I didn't know what I wanted. I knew yeah. that I wanted to live in New York City and maybe be a dancer. It's funny because I really only just always wanted to be a television host. Here I am oh today my making it happen. Paula, do we have that in common? Because that's all I wanted to be too. Stop. Swear. I just wanted to be an MTV VJ. Me too. Stop. <laughs> and we both have podcasts. See, that is we hilarious. We do. I know. I know. We're like slowly climbing to like our childhood dreams. Totally. But like, yeah. I'm like, I'm not ready to go. Like, I'm not ready to get an agent. I'm not ready to do any of those things. Like, yeah. I just want to like do it on my own. Because I yeah. feel like, because we are people that need to study. Yeah. We need to study and be perfect. And before rehearse. We put, and rehearse. Yeah. And that's I'm like, this is all just a rehearsal, baby. You're going to catch me on Dancing <laughs> with the Stars as a host in like 10 years from now. <laughs> Oh my gosh, oh my God, honestly, like <laughs> I used to be like, I used to like fantasize, like I will be the new age Oprah. Stop. Swear, swear. Well, you're almost there, honey. I mean, listen, climbing one step at a time. Yeah. And it's wild how so much of our childhood shaped who we are today. hundred percent. And even though we weren't necessarily living out what our childhood dreams were, we were being shaped into incredible professionals. Uh -huh. You know, I think about not only what like my dad taught me, but also just what being in the dance world, the competitive dance world taught me. Mm -hmm. So much work ethic, the, you know, ability to sacrifice for the sake of, you know, having these, you know, dreams come true, mm -hmm. turning these dreams into reality. And then also I think about it and I'm like, it made me the best communicator I could be because for me, like I was talking with my body right. before I was ever using my voice and I was able to then take that, translate that into using my voice, but also like find this emotional depth that I created from being a dancer. Hey, my pearls, since you're listening to this show, I would assume that you are into all things self-betterment and what is better than being healthy? which is why we've partnered with eFunctional. eFunctional is an online healthcare marketplace designed to meet the needs of today's busy and health-conscious consumers. With eFunctional, you gain access to fully certified, state-of-the-art laboratories right from your own home. Their partnership with top-notch laboratories allow them to offer a wide range of at-home laboratory tests from wellness and sexual health to food sensitivities and more. 
eFunctional is your trusted partner for accessible, accurate, and affordable healthcare testing. Visit their website at www.efunctional.com for more information and use our code OYSTA20, that's O-Y-S-T-A-20, for 20% off at checkout. And now you have no excuse to get your diagnostics on. You'll thank us later. You end up getting into the fitness industry through just not really, were you done dancing? Like walk me through that process because I think that everyone has an interesting story about when they finally decide, you know what, this is going to be it. Yeah. And I don't think I know yours either. So I have to ask you this question. (laughs) Um, I'm over here interviewing you. (laughs) Uh, But you know, I feel like it came to, it boiled down to my mental health. Like I was getting beaten up and bruised by the dance industry. I mean, a lot of people that are not familiar with like the dance world and the way that choreographers work and creative directors work, it can be brutal. Oh yeah. And for me, like, I think I got to a point, especially doing like, you know, Super Bowl, Beyonce, this is like one of the biggest jobs of my life. I felt so small and so insignificant. And I felt like undervalued and like, unappreciated. And I was like, this is not how I should feel. Like I'm on the biggest field, one of the biggest stages that I will ever be on in my entire life. And yet I feel like just, I felt like it was kind of like this very yucky experience of like, I don't really like who I am in this space. Like Mm. I don't feel good about myself. My self-esteem was at the lowest. And it's interesting because like, you know, people from back home and stuff, they see like, oh, she's worked for Gaga. She, you know, assisted Laurieann. She's done Britney Spears, J-Lo, Nicki Minaj, Trey Songz, touring the world. Like, and now she's on the field with Beyonce. Like, this is incredible. But yeah, I just like got to this place where it was like, my mental health was taking quite a beating. And I was like, this is not healthy for me. It's not sustainable. No. I'm still struggling. Like, I was on that field and like thinking about like, okay, I'm going to be able to pay my rent with this check for maybe two months. And then I'm going to be able to, you know, afford my life for a couple of months. And then I have to get back into the pool of auditioning. Like that is wild. The cycle. And still to this day, I'm like, I have nothing to show other than my resume. I have nothing to show for the dance career that I had. Yeah. And it was so lengthy. A couple backstage passes. Oh, I did save those. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Definitely have those. But yeah, so I got to that point and I was like, okay, I got to make a transition. Don't know what it will be into. Want to do something that will still feed my physical impulses and like make me feel good physically, but also something that nurtured me mentally. And it took a while. Like I think I was like kind of out of the game for like maybe six to eight months where I was like working at a local dance store and just like trying to figure out life. And trying to maintain like a, a dance life in shoe LA. store, yeah, like a dance shoe Stop. store, Carabelle Dancewear. Yes, it's now closed, but it's in Burbank, California, and I was definitely working at a dance store. Like, if you would have been in LA, you would have like walked in to get some like you know capizios. And I cannot uh-huh. believe that that's what you were doing. I, that is what I was doing. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. See what I'm saying though? You could be literally dancing for Beyonce, and then two weeks later, you're working at a dance store. And Absolutely. That's just the way that it goes. Yeah. Unless you're on the co- the um, convention circuit teaching, and yes. that's like, but you have to give up your whole life for that. Yeah. You have to give up your career essentially to be able to have those jobs because a lot yeah. of them want the year long commitment. And, yeah. You know. And and it, 
and being a dancer, you know you have to be ready at the drop of a dime. Mm -hmm. Like they call you for an audition. Body needs to be right, hair needs to be right, face needs to be right at all times, which is a lot of stress, a lot of pressure, and a lot of money. A lot, which is wild because dancers have no money. (laughs) We make nothing. Absolutely. (laughs) So anyways, I found myself in that space and I got invited to one of my agent's birthday parties. And one of my girlfriends was there and she literally said to me like, hey, like I've got a friend that's like uh, on a team opening up a new boxing gym. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Like I just thought we were just having common, common conversation, like just, you know, shooting the shit. And I was like, that's awesome. And she's like, yeah, they're looking for talent. And I was like, oh, cool. Are you thinking of maybe, you know, trying out for it or do you box like and she's like no I'm telling you like I know that you you've been looking for something new and she's like you know they're looking for somebody that has rhythm and somebody that knows music and can like move their body and I was like well I can do all three of those things but I've never put on a pair of boxing gloves so like but you know as dancers we're chameleons so we just like do it put on the costume and you go for it so I went I auditioned and I got the job. Of course. Don't know how, because like seriously, me hitting a bag at that point, I literally looked like somebody's angry cat, like just like scratching like toward the back. It was bad. Yeah, but you have rhythm and the look and yes. all of the things. I did I did pull all those things together. Yes. And I did get into training because as dancers, what do we do? We rehearse yeah. and then we perform. So did that. I taught at this cardio boxing gym for a couple of years. And I ended up leaving there auditioning for Rumble. I was in the contender program at Rumble and at the same time got an offer from Pop Sugar. Mm -hmm. And they were looking for a new host of Dance Fit Sugar, which is going to be their new dance segment on Pop Sugar. And it was interesting because I was really looking at the word host. And I was like, (laughs) oh, you know what? Building up a new resume. This is something I've always wanted to do. And so I had to choose between the two. I couldn't do both. I ended up choosing Pop Sugar. I was with Pop Sugar for a couple of years. And then during that time, the pandemic hit and I started doing at-home workouts for Pop Sugar. And it was so much fun. I set up, my husband set up, really, not me. (laughs) My husband set up a whole like studio space in our apartment at the time. And, and I you're just, in now at this point of your life, you moved, right? You're, are no, you, I'm or still you're in, in LA. LA. Oh, you're still in LA? Still in, in LA. During COVID? Yeah. Well, the beginning of COVID. Okay. Literally wow. only like the first six months. And then we moved to the back to the East Coast. So I was there and I was doing that. And even when we moved back to the East Coast, like I was still doing these pop sugar workouts, still doing these different partnerships and things like that, doing IG lives, all the things we were doing. Yes. And you were out there. Honey. Oh, I was out you there. You were out, out there, there during COVID. <laughs> really, really in these streets. And I I loved what I was doing so much because I was building this vast community of people yes. all over the world. And I finally realized that I was finding my voice. Hello, beautiful people. Yes. <laughs> That's why most people like know me for. It's funny. I like did this podcast interview um, with some friends back in LA, like virtually the other day. And they were saying like, you have to say your stamp, like your tag. Hello, beautiful people. <laughs> it's my thing and I love it. And I don't know where it started. Honestly, it just was like this tagline that I was always saying. It's say, I have this what's up, everybody. Yeah. It's like, what's up, everybody? You're listening. I don't know. You just, you get your thing. Yeah. Once you, you have to like do your intro, you get your thing. And that's, yeah. it just rolls. Yeah. 
and you roll with it and you know you perform as we do mm-hmm. and so <laughs> can't help it <laughs> so yeah so that led me into you know a full-fledged career in fitness at this point I was like what five years deep um now going on seven and a half years um but lululemon found me while i was at pop sugar and they messaged me on instagram stop and what's your role with lululemon is it still the same as it's always been yeah i'm a trainer and ambassador for lululemon i absolutely love my job i get to sit on different ambassador boards i've been um heavy in the work of like de and i that they've done mm-hmm. and i also have now joined this ambassador cohort that is going a little bit deeper into design and like what you know we feel good in as the actual consumers because ambassadors are also consumers of the brand hello i'm wearing lululemon from head to toe this, these are lululemon i thought they were like a etro or something They're lululemon Wow. Yeah. Okay, so they're you're getting like all of the stuff before it goes live and you're giving them some of it. You know, some but like also just feedback like, on fit yeah, and yeah, yeah, what yeah. can make things better and yep. easier to work out in or to sit on the couch in. Yes. That's incredible. It's so fun. I love what I do. Also still building my community through the Lululemon members. And it really has allowed me to use my voice even more. They have given me this supportive space, this supportive platform to stand on. And I've done now three campaigns for them, which has been like so incredible. I honestly, Paula, like, you know, you have these like childhood visions and dreams, right? And I always saw that like I would be like on a billboard somewhere or I would like be on somebody's television screen. And like as it's playing out, I'm like, oh my, this is... This is happening. What I dreamed of. That is crazy. Yeah. That is crazy. So what were the three campaigns that you were in? So I did a Back to Sweat campaign with them. I actually started with doing their Feel campaign, which was the first year that I was signed to them in 2021. And it was incredible. They flew us to Mexico City. I stayed in the Four Seasons. Oh, yes. Honey. I was like living my best life. I'm like, oh, That had now. to have been a nice robe. I oh. love a bathrobe. Oh, me too. Yeah. I love a bathrobe and I love a bath. I don't and do that. I actually did it in Paris the first time. Really? Recently. The first time? Yeah. I'm not a Paula. big bath person. Really? I can't relax. Do you see me as a relaxer? Well, yeah, no, no, yeah. no. I don't see you as a relaxer, but like, you know, a bath is nice. Yeah. Like, I did it, uh, but I was also not feeling so well, but it was yeah. nice. It was great. Good. It was good, great. good. Good. So she's up in the Four Seasons in Mexico she City. Is, and I did this feel campaign um, with some other incredible ambassadors. That was an international campaign. It was actually one of the first that they actually did like a commercial for. I wasn't a part of the commercial, but I was in all of the ads leading up to it. That was honestly my first chance to like really show them like, you know, the dynamic individual that I am. And I really felt like I got to show off my personality and they were Mm -hmm. interested in telling my story. And that was beautiful. And then that led to the Back to Sweat campaign that we did, which was national and then also in Canada. And that was just like promoting like, you know, pushing people to getting back to like moving their bodies and stuff. Um, And then the most recent one that I did was the Charge Feel campaign where I was like the hero of the campaign. Oh my. And Bobby got to be in it with me. Your sister. No way. She did. They asked me for like a list of people that are like in my life. And so they chose one of my best friends, Sid, and my sister, Bobby, to like actually be in the campaign with me. I honestly like, I cried because I was like, this is so, yeah, like, 
This Making other people's dreams come true as yeah, well. Yeah. And now how do you deal with any type of nerves or fear when you go into this? Because modeling is not something that you're trained in. No, it's not so, at all. <laughs> but I mean, if you look at her pictures, you would think that she's a professional fitness model. Thank you. So how do you deal with any type of um, insecurities that you might be feeling, any type of pressure, stress? Uh, because this is different, right? When it's dance, it's your movement. But now yeah. they're actually criticizing your face, your body. Yes. To be honest with you, I get imposter syndrome all the time. All the time. I always have that voice in my head. My, uh, I named my voice in my head with like my life coach. I was like sitting with her and I was like, she needs a name because she is, she creeps in and she sounds very different than like the optimistic Deja that I know. Her name is Darcy, by the way. Ew. I know, right? Because that sounds <laughs> gross, right? We don't Horrible. like, we don't like Darcy. Yeah. Sorry to any Darcy's out there. Yeah, I'm sure sorry, you're a beautiful Darcy. human. Yeah. <laughs> but this Darcy that lives in my head, no. Yeah. Not welcome. So anyways, I get this like voice in my head and these nerves that come up on a regular basis. What is the fear? The fear is that people will think that I am not worthy of being in that position, that people will think that I am not talented enough or that I have not worked hard enough, especially because when I was first like coming into the fitness industry, I treated myself the same way that I treated myself when I was learning how to dance, right. when I was, you know, just coming into the competition world. I was a beginner. You always felt like the underdog. Yeah. Always. Yeah. So like stepping into this new role in fitness, within fitness, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm terrified. And like, what if I step into this shoot and I don't know what I'm doing? And what if like, you know, the photographer just like hates me? Like you have no control over these things, but these are like, this is like the, the self-talk that I'm having in my head. Like, oh my gosh, what if, what if, what if, what if, what yeah. if? I learned to embrace the nerves. What do you do on the days where you don't feel positive and uplifted and, you know, you have a huge following on Instagram and TikTok. Yeah. You're dancing with your husband. You're doing the <laughs> most. Like, what do you do on the days when you're like, I just don't want to do this? I lean into that mm -hmm. and I discover what I do want to do. And it's interesting because I have, especially being pregnant and being fatigued some days and just knowing that I just don't have the energy or the capacity to move my body in the way that I would like to, I have started to lean into new things, i.e. pickleball came into play. Um, but <laughs> Which I, is a lot of energy to expend. It <laughs> is energy, but like less energy than we'd be spending on the dance floor or right. like, you know, for me, like doing these hit workouts and things like that. So I discovered that I love coloring and I love painting. Oh. And it's interesting because I had a conversation with my mom because she was like randomly on the phone with me and she was like, what are you about to do? And I was like, honestly, I'm just like not feeling things today. I'm just going to color. And she's like, like with a coloring book or like, what are you, what are you coloring? Are you coloring for something? And I was like, just for me, I have this like mindfulness, like coloring book and you know, some colored pencils and I'm just going to color. She goes, huh, it's interesting because you were such an active child. And the only thing that would get you to like sit down and just stay focused and like sit at a table is like, if I busted out your coloring book and you would just sit there for hours, just taking your Crayola and just coloring. Wow. And I was like, really? I don't remember that part of my childhood. I remember all the active things I was doing. Right. Don't remember coloring. 
But it was a huge part of my childhood. I had a ton of coloring books and I used to color all the time. Look at that. See, we always revert back. Yeah. And it's just also incorporating that element of play and then just allowing myself to be in those emotions. It's interesting. I was telling one of my girlfriends the other day, we all have peaks and valleys. We all have ups and downs. That's what makes life what it is. And I love this idea of like the ups and the downs really just provide us a new opportunity to go to a new height or to a new low if that's mm-hmm. where we need to go. Mm-hmm. And life wouldn't be as exciting without the highs and the lows. No. Oftentimes I get my greatest inspiration from being in the lows. 100. So if I'm going to be there, just like we go all the way with everything we do, I go all the way there. Sometimes I'm like sitting in my living room and I'm like crying my eyes out and I'm having a moment. And some of those moments I decide that I'm going to share. And some of them, I just sit in the darkness with myself and I just need to be with me. And like I have collected the right resources and support as an adult to know like if I need an outlet Like, I'm not going to bottle it up, but if I need an outlet, I know where to go and what to lean into. But I just allow myself to be whoever I am in that moment and and be my most present self wherever I am. So, like, the shitty days and the good days and everything in between are all just, like, vital for the journey that I'm on. Well, before I let you go, because I need to be conscious of your time. She's a busy gal. Um, <laughs> I appreciate we you. need to do your quick fire questions. Okay, let's do it. Okay. Oh my gosh, I love this. Okay. If you had a warning label, what would it be? I bruise easily. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. That is a good warning label. What are the three things you think about most every single day? My baby, <laughs> uh, my husband, and cultivating joy. If money were no object, what would you do? I would be traveling the world to new places every single day. Like I just would be on a private jet, just like flying everywhere Let's and seeing the world. out there into it's the universe. Happening. It's, it's happening. happening. <laughs> like my husband and I also said like one thing with like having this baby is like we don't ever want to give up travel. How do you take your oysters? Oh, I don't eat oysters. Well, you could use a metaphor. Okay. <laughs> With the prettiest pearls. Mm, I love it. I love it. <laughs> well, Deja, thank you so much. This has been so fun. Thank I am you. always so proud of you. Yeah. I'm so glad that we have been able to maintain a friendship Same. and really to be able to support each other through yeah. all of these different seasons and phases of our lives. We're in, I think, I would say the best stage of our life. Yeah. I think that we are have both done a lot of work on ourselves yeah and we are here for everything that's coming your yeah. bambino yeah <laughs> and everybody follow adesia listen to the podcast and we love you we love you bye <laughs> <laughs>